When our children were young, I made up a world that centered around a magical purple palace above the clouds. There was a purple pool and purple horses and all sorts of adventures. We both made up stories in the series. Sometimes, though, we didn't have the energy for one more. What we would have given for a podcast back then that could fill in for us when we were tired. Well, like magic, poof, our wish has come true. I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And in today's episode of The Grand Life, you'll meet Asa Gowan, one member of the creative team behind a new podcast called Listening Pond. After we talk for a bit, you'll have the chance to listen to one of their great podcasts and hopefully share it with your grands when you're tired of telling your own stories. Asa Gowan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. We are glad to have you here. Um, You know, I've known you since you were very young, um, and we are creative colleagues of sorts and have kind of taken this road, you know, with podcasting. And I just wondered how you got started on this project called The Listening Pond. Yes, it's a collaboration with two of my cousins. Their names are Eric and Aaron. And Eric, we're similar in ages, and we've been working on projects for years, almost since we're little kids. Mm -hmm. And now we both have families. He has little kids. I have little kids. Mm -hmm. And to answer your question, how did it get started? uh, It was around fall time, Halloween season, and I was kind of telling stories to my kids. Mm -hmm. And I had the idea of just recording one of the stories and playing it for him. How old are your children? Uh, they're, they just turned six and four, and then I have a one girl. So I have three. So I'm in, I'm in the thick of it. You are, you really are. And you know, you're uniquely qualified then to come up with all these story ideas because your brain's probably just always going with these, you know, things that children love to hear. Yeah. But what's interesting is that I've, I've been kind of working with children writing for, for years mm. before I had kids, but I think this just having kids really framed it in a way that it's more for them and less about the story that I want to hear, but more about the story that they want to hear. So it kind of brought it down to more of a child level. Yeah, you're really good at that. I love listening to these stories that you're doing on the podcast because they are coming from a children's perspective, like the way that the child thinks, as opposed to an adult telling a story about the way an adult thinks. So I I think you're you're spot on on that. Thank you. You you know, I hope when people listen that they also take time to notice your artwork that goes along with it. Um, You know, sometimes I think that doesn't show up on the podcast uh, when you look at the uh, website or whatever, you don't see it, but sometimes you do see it. And because I know with ours, we, we put up artwork and I'm not sure how many people really see it. Ours, our, our artwork is just from a catalog or something, but yours is wonderful because it's, it's artwork that you've done. How important do you think that is the part of the whole package of this podcast? Yeah, I think it's important for promotion Mm-hmm. anything that we do on social media to have an image that goes with each story can be a good way of promoting it. Spotify allows you to have like an individual artwork for each episode. Mm-hmm. We really like that. Oh yeah. That's really, you know, powerful to see each, each story that we create have this individual cover artwork that goes with it. But as far as like the artwork, like the, 
the podcast is like a listening experience. Right. So in that way, you know, kids use their imaginations more to form what they're hearing. Mm -hmm. And that way, it's not so important, but it is a good like jumping off point to see one picture. And then sometimes they like hear the story and then they ask to see the picture that goes with it. Yeah, I love your artwork. Yeah. It's really fun. Uh, can you tell us what age group you think the podcast is geared towards? Yeah, we like to say that it's for all ages. Mm-hmm. Although that that gets tricky because a three-year-old is going, going to want to listen to different content sometimes than an eight-year-old does. Yeah. Uh, but, but we kind of try to hit all ages. We really like to see it as, I guess, a family podcast. Yeah where an adult could actually, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that they would get on and just listen to and listen to it themselves, but, but can share that experience with, with their kids. Yeah. And for grandparents, I'm planning on using this as like a break when I need to do something when I'm with my grandchildren, you know, like I have to do the dishes or I have to get some laundry in or something when I'm watching them, Um, you know, or we have a few active grandkids who like a little downtime and this is perfect for them. But I'm always listening too because I mean, I'm going to admit I listen to it when I iron. (laughs) I think it's a really fun, you know, kind of light thing instead of listening to uh, How I Built This or some heavier podcast. (laughs) Asa, I'm not sure, but I think I may have heard a few um, bits of writing that maybe were intended to slip past younger listeners and maybe entertain the older ones a little bit. Is it possible that you've done that in some of the writing? um, Probably. (laughs) <laughs> but it's not on purpose. No, yeah, no, but no. There it, is it, things about it that 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 kids might not get, or it it really stretches them. Yes, in ways to to try to understand. I think that's okay sometimes to challenge kids. We don't always have to create content and come down to their level. You know, mm-hmm. I think they can rise up to our level sometimes. And we can, you know, really treat them like smarter because they are smart. You yeah, know, they really are. I believe kids are smarter than what we think they are sometimes. And they can get things that we don't think that they normally can get. Yeah. You know, what What other scenarios do you imagine people using this podcast in? You know, I, I, I mentioned when I'm doing laundry or dishes, but what other scenarios might a child listen to this podcast? You know, when I when I imagine like a family riding in the car together and they're all listening to a story together, that's kind of what this is all about for me. Yeah. But I think like other other things like during an activity, like coloring. Mm. And I think also that time of day where there's already been a lot of playing, they've already watched TV, but there's there there needs to be some kind of rest. Mm-hmm rest time. And I think that that is a really good time for, for a podcast like this or something similar, a kid's podcast or a storytelling project. Yeah. You know, I, I have listened with my grandkids to other storytelling content. And I have to say, I like yours because it is, oh, I don't know if I want to say this, but it's a little bit like Mr. Rogers. It's it's more, it's calming. It's not, I mean, I there are some Podcast. I would take that as a compliment. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank I mean, you. I feel like the, um, I don't know, I could 
tell you some other ones that are a little bit hyper. And I'm like, wow, you know, it'd be nice if we could listen to a podcast that was a little quieter, didn't get them all hyped up. And I think you're right. That would be a great scenario for them to just be kind of sitting and resting. Yeah, I think we're going more on uh, like a sitting around a campfire telling a story as opposed to like trying to do a cartoon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, where it's over dramatized and overhyped. But there also is an element where we're, we're trying to, uh, you know, spread some form of positivity. You know, they, they each carry a message in some way or another that has a theme. A lot of it is like about friendship or acceptance. Or So, Asa, do you do all the writing yourself? I write my own stories. And then our other collaborator, Erin, which is Eric's sister, She's been just the perfect fit with me and Eric working together, you know, because she has just phenomenal writing skills and amazing concepts. And she's a good editor as well. So she helps me edit my stories to really kind of polish them up a little bit. That's great. And she she brings a female perspective as well, right? Exactly. Yeah. So she adds the diversity, a female perspective, and it helps us like kind of push out more content to more stories. So we alternate between me doing a story and then her doing a story. That's usually the format of, of our podcast in the future. We'd love, you know, to collaborate more and have guest guest storytellers Mm. or kids. We've done kids on our show before Mm -hmm. uh, tell stories. So we're hoping to do more of that. And what does Eric do? He does the music to to them all. Wow. He composes, scores the music like like almost like a like a movie. That is tremendously unique, you know, because these episodes are 10, 12, 15 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And for there to be unique custom music for pretty much the duration every episode, that's a lot of work. That is. And he's he's really good at it, too. He's really talented. I hope that more people will listen to your podcast. I know it's fairly new. Um, how would they listen to it if they wanted to? So we're on pretty much all the podcast platforms out there. The main two would be Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And you could search Listening Pond. And then sometimes you have to do like Listening Pond colon stories for kids and their adults. And we are also on Instagram to see more of the cover artwork of the other stories is listening.pond. Okay, great. You know, before we finish, Asa, why don't you go ahead and introduce the story we're going to listen to now? Yeah, this story is called Dragons Are Always Lucky. And it's about a boy who finds a lucky dragon. And instead of experiencing good luck, he actually starts to experience bad luck. But then at the end, he kind of finds his own luck. The good luck is to him. Listeners, I hope you'll enjoy this story by Asa Gowan from Listening Pond. Dragons are always lucky.
Most people think that dragons are big, but they are actually very small. They are no taller than a pencil and no fatter than an avocado. And if you find a dragon, you should try and catch it and put it in your shirt pocket. If you put a dragon in your shirt pocket, you will get rich, and most likely you will always hit a home run. And if you were to go into a wide open field and close your eyes and reach down to pick something up off the ground, it would most likely be a four leaf clover. When my uncle found his dragon, he won the lottery the very next day and got super rich. And eventually he moved to the edge of town into a big mansion with a mega swimming pool. And when my brother found his dragon, he went from being a third string bench warmer to being the starting pitcher on the school baseball team. But things like that didn't quite happen to me when I found my dragon. When I found him, I saw him on my way home from school, sitting on the top of a fence post in my neighbor's yard. I slowly climbed up, reached my hand out, and gently grabbed him by the tummy and climbed back down. He was green and round and fit nicely in my hand like a small green water balloon. He looked at me with his big dragon eyes like I was some kind of alien, but he was not frightened. He remained calm and comfortable as I slipped him into my shirt pocket. He was a perfect fit, and as I walked home, his tiny head peeked out, enjoying the view of my neighborhood streets. But after I got home, I took off my shoes and I noticed that I had a hole in my sock. That wasn't there before, I thought. I didn't think much of it, but later that evening, when I made myself some toast, it came out burnt as a crisp. That doesn't usually happen, I thought. That night, I found an old shoebox. And I made the dragon a bed to sleep in. This is where you will sleep, I told him, and I put him inside and set the shoebox on the top of my dresser. I soon drifted off to sleep to the sound of purring dragon snores. The next day, I decided to go to my uncle's house at the edge of town to talk to him about my dragon. When I arrived at his mansion, it was so big. I couldn't find him. After getting lost a couple of times, I eventually went to the backyard and found him there, sitting in a lawn chair by the swimming pool, sipping lemonade. He looked like he was sleeping, but I couldn't really tell because he was wearing dark sunglasses. His dragon had an identical pair of shades and peeked out from the pocket of his Hawaiian shirt. They looked like twins. I found a dragon. I told him, "That's great," he said, and then he took a big slurp of his lemonade. He offered the glass to his dragon, who took a tiny slurp too. But ever since I found him, a few bad things have happened to me. 
I think he is an unlucky dragon, I replied. No such thing. All dragons are lucky. Just give it time and you'll see, he said. His dragon nodded his head up and down to agree. He continued, In fact, why don't you go pick a spot somewhere and dig? Most likely you will dig up some treasure or something. That sounded like a good idea to me. I will give it a try, I said. So I left my uncle's mansion and decided to do just that. I grabbed the shovel from my garage and went to an empty lot a block away from my house. I picked a spot and dug a hole, but nothing was there. It was just an empty hole. I took the dragon out of my shirt pocket and gently squeezed him. Then I rubbed his tummy. Maybe that will get you to work right, I whispered, looking into his big round eyes. But all he did was blink a few times. I tried a couple more spots, but all I found was a bottle cap and some more dirt. This was a waste of time, I thought. As I left the lot, I saw my brother riding his bike toward me with his friends, my brother in the center of the gang. He pulled up next to me with a newly styled haircut that looked a lot like Elvis Presley, the country music star. I could see his dragon peeking out from his shirt pocket, and he also had a cool new haircut a lot like Elvis Presley too. I found a dragon, I said. That's great, he responded. But I think it's an unlucky dragon, I told him. There's no such thing, he said confidently. Go to a wide open field, close your eyes and reach down and you'll probably pick up a four leaf clover. That sounded like a good idea to me, so I set out to do just that. I went to the neighborhood soccer field and stood right in the middle with a few older kids playing soccer nearby. I closed my eyes and reached down and picked something up from the ground. It felt like a tiny four-leaf clover, but when I opened my eyes, I only saw a thin, raggedy weed. Not a four-leaf clover at all. I give up, I thought. Then all of the sudden a soccer ball hit me in the back of the head and I tumbled forward to the ground and the dragon somersaulted out of my pocket. I could hear the kids who kicked it laughing behind me. As I got up, I scooped my dragon up and held him in front of me. Why don't you work right? I asked him. The dragon just stared at me. He didn't say anything back because dragons don't talk even though they are very smart. You bring me no luck at all, I said to him, and the boy's mean laughter got louder as they approached to retrieve their ball. But just as they were about close enough to grab it, my dragon turned his head and a quick burst of fire shot from his tiny snout, engulfing the ball and turning it into a black pile of ash. The boy's mouth dropped open in amazement and they quickly stepped away, turned their backs and ran down the street as fast as their legs could carry them. 
My dragon turned his head back to me and I stared deeper into his eyes, his dragon eyes. And I saw something important that I didn't see before. Something that he was trying to tell me all along. That he wanted to be my friend. I smiled at him, and I'm pretty sure he smiled back. Then I put him in my shirt pocket and headed home, feeling like the luckiest kid in the whole world. I didn't need any riches or good luck because I had a friend who was a dragon. Hey everyone, thanks again for tuning in. We are excited about the new stories we have in the works and we plan to release a new one every other week. So please make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you haven't already. If you want to go the extra mile, please rate, leave a review, or share. And if you want to see some of Ace's story artwork, follow us on Instagram at listening.pond. You can also instant message us there if you would like to get in touch. We would love to hear from you. That's it for now. See you in a couple weeks. Asa, thanks for sharing your talents with us. I know our audience knows about podcasts because they're listening to us. So let me encourage Grand Life listeners to follow Listening Pond and share it with your grands. Thanks for joining us, Asa. Thank you so much. I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And thanks for joining us in Living the Grand Life. Next time on The Grand Life. The idea of interviewing grandparents doesn't really occur to us until later in life when we're, we start to become more interested or have the time to investigate our families or we're all dealing with, with these losses. And I think it's, it's a wonderful idea to interview yourself or even for your own memoirs, if you will, to leave a legacy. I think it would be a wonderful experience. That's next time on The Grand Life.